Elite Physique University, your source for all things physique enhancement. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Elite Physique University. Um, it's just me and John today, but we have a really, really exciting, fun episode for you guys. So we're going to talk all about a rapid fat loss phase because John himself just got done going through one of these. And I feel like people think rapid fat loss and they're immediately giving up red flags. Um, oh, yeah. so wanted, wanted to put some of this to rest. Um, and then uh, next time we're on with Jason, we're going to talk about like more in depth about mini cuts. So going to be fun. Um, so we're going to kind of do part one and part two to this. Um, but obviously before we get started, uh, John, you had your fat muscle Academy and your awards dinner, like, was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was about a week ago. And I know by the time this airs, cause we're always a few weeks behind, I think the listeners have kind of picked that up, you know, between the podcast we do here and I do one with fat muscle, we have to kind of like stagger things, drop them every two, three, four weeks. So yeah, it was, it was towards the end of January <clears throat> and it was a lot of fun. I'll talk about the conference real quick. Um, that was myself, Cliff Wilson, Ryan Irwin, president of the NAMBF, damn good coach and athlete, and Dr. Pete Fitchin. And then we had a whole panel of the fat muscle coaches that we sponsor. I think we're up to like 25 sponsored athletes, um, sponsored coaches. We did a Q&A panel with all of them. It was people like Jace Lopez and um, Leslie Franklin and Allison and Felicia and just a whole bunch of good coaches, right? Jacob Clessons is on there. He's our RD. And it was a fun event and we had 50 people there, but the, really the best part of the whole thing was the night before we took all of our top 10 customers. We brought them in we paid for their hotel for the weekend. We gave them free access to the seminar um, because we value our fat muscle customers. So we brought them in and we gave out a lot of money. It was almost $8,000 in cash that night and a bunch of fat muscle, like title belts, like WWE, oh, cool. like mm -hmm. belts. everybody loved those. Um, but we gave out a lot of cash to our top three coaches, to our top three customers, to our top retail account. That's our, you know, people that buy wholesale and resell our, our, our stuff. And we also surprised everyone with our very first lead by example award. And they got a belt and a free year sponsorship with us. And we gave that to Josh Michaels. And he's somebody that he's not a coach with a bunch of clients. He's not an athlete with a bunch of, you know, um, Instagram followers. He's not a, he's not like this big influencer or anything like that. And he was the perfect first person to pick because every single time we've ever done a launch, whether when we were just apparel or supplements, that guy literally has everything. He's been there for everything. Um, if I ever need something, he always messaged me, what can I do to help? And I remember, you know, when I was, was part of another company, I was bleeding for that company. Like I was doing so much more than a lot of the people they were recognizing. I just remember, you know, it really rubbed me wrong. And I thought, we're not going to do that. Like we're going to honor somebody who leads by example. What is Fat Muscle Project? And that was Josh Michaels. And, you know, I was a little bit emotional. I'm an emotional guy. Like, you know, when I talked about him, it was very important to me that he was the first one. So we did that. So it was a big night. Everyone had a blast. We had a, a group picture with all of our coaches too. Like our, our team is like doubled. 
I'm just blessed. Like, I love that. I love the business of what we're doing and building a team. So that, that was fun. And then, you know, having a conference with 50 people there was awesome too, because this day and age, it's, it's tough, you know, to draw over 50 people for a conference. You've got to have these giant conferences with all these huge, and I'm talking about huge names, Mm -hmm. like way bigger than any of us. I'm talking like celebrity type names, right? Kind of like what Vince is doing. Vince has got this huge um, conference Mm -hmm. coming Shaq and with Phil Heath and the list goes on and on. So, you know, I'm pretty happy drawing 50. It's a good crowd. You can be very intimate and I'm looking forward to doing more stuff like that. Um, But it's just a different day and age. And part of that, and I know we're going to get to our subject today, but part of that, you know, Jason Theobald and I were talking the other day about, we think a lot of the online courses and mentorships have kind of hurt conferences and it's not a bad thing. It's just an adaptation of how people can go learn and get direct access to a coach that wants to sell that stuff. And I'm not going to be this cranky old man that talks about, I wish things were the way they used to be when we draw like 150 at the physique summit. No, like you've got to adapt. And I haven't done a mentorship program. I've done online classes and done extremely well. And I still sell those. Um but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy that hates it because other people are making a lot of money. Like there's way more money to be made doing that than than hosting a conference because that's tough to make money. But we're not doing it for that. So we're gonna keep hammering down. Um, I have people reach out for mentorship. I I might start to do that, um, but I'm just gonna keep hammering on the on the in person events. They're just I just get so much out of connecting with people in person. So it's just it's something that we're we're looking forward to. So there's my pretty much last couple of weeks in a nutshell. Yeah, that's cool. I saw all of your pictures and like pictures from other people and stuff. So it looked like it was really fun. Um, and, and that's how, you know, too, that you've made a really good culture within your business and that you created that and like, that's super cool and rewarding and stuff. So, so yeah. Awesome. Um, I guess my, yeah, about you? my last couple of weeks, um, well, we finally, January was actually really nice, but now we're like, back below zero again. So I always like to give you guys the weather update up here in the tundra. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's about it. And, uh, I got a couple more clients, uh, come in this month. January was surprisingly a slower month for me, but December was like surprisingly really heavy. So I was like, I don't know. Um, but that's just what happens. Uh, sometimes, um, I filled my February webinar call, class that I'm going to do on birth control implications with athletes and coming off safely um, as far as that goes. So I'll have another one come out in March. Um, so if you guys are listening to this, keep an eye out for that for March webinar. Not sure about the topic yet, but we're just going to keep on rolling with those because they've been really fun and I get lots of new people and stuff in them and just to educate is super fun for me. Um, but yeah, we uh nothing else really exciting i guess there's just kind of oh yeah um i'm taking micah my husband to monster jam this weekend for the first time so oh man take some earplugs that's gonna be a blast that's like a total midwestern thing if you guys are from the midwest you know like every kid growing up gets to go to monster jam at some point he never went and i was like you've never been to monster jam so i like i'm like we're gonna go so i was like "Eh, it'll be fun date night so we're going to monster jam this weekend um but it's hey, I'm all about stuff like that. I'm from the Midwest. So 
you know, you can, you can probably have fun counting the mullets as I like to say, and that's, oh, yeah. listen, I I'm from the trailer. So like, I know all about, that's a good time to me. So yeah, I, yeah. yeah let me know what he thinks. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. I'm from like the country. Like we did all that kind of stuff, like, and growing up helping out at the County fair with like the Derby, the motocross, like tractor pull, all that kind of stuff. So it's just like, it's fun for me. So, uh, so yeah, so that'll be our thing this weekend, but, uh, Nothing much other than that. I'm just still in off season, just waiting patiently and being consistent with things. Um, I got lab work done this week, so that'll come back end of this week, early next week, and then we can do another push phase. So that's kind of where I'm at with stuff. I just got my labs back as well, but it's actually tied to our episode today. And I'm pretty stoked to tell people about that. So yeah. I'm excited for this one because um, this is a lot of stuff that like I'm not super familiar with um, with doing like a rapid fat loss phase. Like I think we all can put it together that you can drop calories and do a bunch of cardio really fast and that'll do something, you know, you'll drop weight, but there's a different way that you're doing it. And so before we go into it, I just want to put a disclaimer out to everybody that fat loss, rapid fat loss phases are not something that we do regularly. And as John's going to explain, um, there's a, a, a process to it and like certain circumstances where this comes into play. Um, so if you want that sustainable fat loss, like for a prep and stuff like that, do it at a slower rate. Um, so, um, so John, I have a scenario for you. I decided I'm going to go on vacation in like four weeks, you know, can we just like do a quick fat loss phase? And I just want to drop like 10 to 20 pounds in four weeks. Is that, is that possible? So this is the part to where a lot of people haven't got to see this side of me for a while because I've been around for 15 years. So I want to, I want to give people a real quick background before I answer this. I am the world's biggest geek. I love trying outside of the box stuff, doing it on myself first, always. And then I do it with clients once I make sure it's something that's, that's an approach. It's going to be okay. And it's going to get results. And I know everything about it. So the super geek is what I used to be called super geek. And this is something that's right in my wheelhouse because I've known about this protocol for a long time and I haven't used it very often with myself or clients. Um, but lately I have been in certain situations and this is a prime example of one of those situations. You asked if you could lose, you know, 10 pounds in two weeks, for example. And I just did. I did um, leading up to my speaking event. Now, I didn't do it. It wasn't a vanity type thing. Like I wasn't trying to get shredded. I'm still not shredded, but I'm a lot better than I was. I did it for health reasons. But the whole key to anything like this, rapid fat loss is essentially what some people would term crash dieting. And that people hear that and they the big red flags are like, hey, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want anything to do with that bad. It's bad, bad, bad. And for the most part, it is when people crash diet and yo-yo diet off and on. What I'm talking about is a very specific plan of attack on how to do a rapid fat loss phase. So when I say rapid fat loss, just think crash diet, right? But if I keep saying crash diet, people are going to freak out and they're not going to want to listen. You can be very specific on this. And, and let me just tell people what I did. I was 224 pounds. My blood pressure was spiking up into the 150s, sometimes even 160s, which is crazy, right? 
a lot of that was high caffeine, but I'm, I'm a heavier guy. I've got a decent amount of muscle on me, just kind of a thicker guy, right? Body fat, a little high. You're naturally an endomorphic person. Yeah. Yeah. Endo, maybe a little meso, but mostly endo. I can be fat real quick. Um, my cholesterol is just net genetically is not good. And I'm 45 and I was on blood pressure meds and I'm like, you know what? Like I can fucking do better than this. So I knew because I had enough body fat on me that I could do a rapid fat loss phase for two, three, four weeks and, and then turn around and do a diet break and come out of it. And I could drop a lot of body fat real quick. And here's the key. Here's a prerequisite for everything we're about to talk about. You've got you've got to have enough body fat on you that's going to protect you from losing muscle. Mm -hmm. So in the short term, if you take someone like me, I was probably like 22, 25% body fat, um, decent amount of muscle. Also I'm on HRT, but that's not a prerequisite. I have enough body fat on me. When you drop your calories really, really hard, you've got to keep protein. Uh, We'll talk about, you know, the macro distribution, but keep protein up and you drop your, your fats, and your carbs down for a short amount of time. We'll just use two, three weeks as an example. You can drop an insane amount of fat and not drop a lot of muscle mass because you've got so much body fat to pull from. You're not going to pull from aminos and muscle tissue that easy. Now, the longer you do it, yes, the more things start to really impact hormones and thyroid hormone and cortisol starts to get high. And all these things we've talked about on this whole podcast since day one. But in the short term, you really can slay a lot of fat by cutting your calories really, really low. And that's what I did. I went from 224 to like 212. And then I did a diet break leading into the Fat Muscle Academy. I had to go speak and I wanted to feel good. And it was real interesting. And for most people that know, we just had Will on to talk about diet breaks. So they got kind of the skinny with that. I did a diet break. I added 100 to 150 carbs a day pulled all my cardio out. I was only doing 10 minutes every day anyway, but I pulled all that out and I trained, you know, probably like eight RPE, just got in, got a, got a decent workout, just kept going. But I added, you know, a hundred carbs and that's not enough to gain fat from. It's just not. And what happened was is cortisol dropped, metabolism started to speed up. And I went down to 210 the day of my speaking event. And We've all seen that you increase calories and you drop. But the important thing was I was giving my body the break from the three hard weeks. And man, I dropped a lot of it. It wasn't just a bunch of water weight or anything like that. Sure, someone's glycogen, but I dropped a lot of fat. Like I could actually see the outsides of my abs and my obliques starting to come in, which for me is a big deal. Um, I was even sending my buddy Jason Wells some pictures, and um, it was very, very significant. But the key was you had to be fat enough and you have to be able to drop calories low and you only do it for a short amount of time. But then you can't just go back to like all the old bullshit. You've got a diet break and you've got to do it right and be very systematic. And that was phase one. And, you know, that diet break, I ended up doing it for about 10 days. My I ate some pizza and some things like that that I had been wanting. Um, I went up to like 216, but it was mostly like filling back out. I didn't eat like an asshole whatsoever. I think I had like four or five pieces of pizza and a couple sushi rolls. That was it, but filled back out. And then lo and behold, you know, about a week later, I'm back down to 11 to 10 again. So I'm doing another phase because I've got enough body fat on me. I can do another phase and I could probably drop another five pounds and then I'm going to diet break. 
And I'm doing this with clients as we speak. So for those of us that have more fat, you can push, push real hard, do a one or two week diet break, reset, get everything going again, like boost your thyroid and drop cortisol. And then you can push real hard. You don't want to do it too often, but some people they could do two or three phases if they've got a decent amount of body fat on them. Mm -hmm. And for something like a vacation, going back to your original question, it certainly is something that people can do. You just have to be very systematic about it. And a lot of people just think they're going to screw their hormones up and they're going to do all these things, lose a ton of muscle. You're not actually, you're going to drop a lot of body fat. And I didn't come up with this method. This was something that, and I'm not a fan of the guy. He's one of the biggest jerks in the industry. I don't even care to say it because everybody agrees. Lyle McDonald, um, guy's a genius. Like he really is a genius. I just wish he had better people skills. I'd love to have him on the show, but there's no way in hell. So he wrote a rapid fat loss handbook, I believe is the name of it. And I had it on a PDF that, you know, it used to float around back in early days, 2004. This guy was doing that stuff way before any of us had any idea. So I got to give him credit. I learned about this through him. And, you know, it's something I've done over the years in these types of situations. So there's a very long answer to the first question that you had. Yeah, no, that was a really good overview. I'm glad you went through like exactly like what you did. Um, so a couple of things that I thought about coming into that would be like, okay, you mentioned, you know, it's for people that have body fat to lose. So like automatically I went to like your obese or very overweight person that's just starting to work out. But a prerequisite point is like, where does your calories have to be at in order to do this? Because most of those people are still only eating like 1200 calories and they're still gaining weight. So where, what does that look like? Um, as far as like prerequisites go before you can start something like this. Yeah, you, you can't be low calorie. Um, and that's the problem there. I have a whole different plan where I have somebody that's, that's fat and their calories are low and I've got to keep them tracking their food, like elite tracking is what I call it. Every single thing they eat. And I slowly reverse diet them and it, you know, drops cortisol, speeds metabolism up that the completely different approach for those people. So they can't do this because what they've done, if they're on 1200 calories and they're fat, they've yo-yo dieted their way there. They've, mm-hmm. they've went real f- rapid fat loss for four or five days. And then they binge for two or three days right. and right. they're just and they spinning do- wheels. And they do that for, six months or they keep doing that. And that's why they're not making progress. Yeah. This isn't going to work for them. This is going to work for people that have really been keeping track of their calories or they've been eating plenty and they can drop their calories by like, and and I don't want to say a specific percentage, but I can tell you, you can drop them. and, And if people want to go look at Dr. Bill Campbell's research on this at USF, he's done some great research. We'll have him on the show to talk about it because I don't want to misquote anything. Um, but you know, we'll have him on, you can drop your calories anywhere 40, 50%, for example. So this is going to sound crazy. If somebody's eating 3000 calories and maintaining in the off season, say, say, you know, I'm straight off season, I'm eating 2,800 calories. And I want to drop that by 40%. Maybe that gets me to, and I'm just rough estimating the 17, 1800 calories. That's actually not as low as people think. People think that and they think, whoa, 1800 calories for a guy, like that's the end of prep calories. Like I'm going to be starving. 
No, it's not actually. So I'll just tell everybody what I did. I was loosely intuitively eating, which is probably why I got a little fucking fat. And, you know, I'd always get my protein in, but you know, carbs and fats, just kind of how I felt like, you know, I'm building the business, blah, 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 all these stupid excuses. Mm-hmm. I was probably eating close to about, I figured it out about 28, 2900 calories a day. And I, I will gain fat on that because I don't have a fast metabolism. I cut it down all the way to, it was like 1800 ish range. So basically I made sure my protein was high. That's rule number one. You, you got to keep your protein high to also to protect against muscle loss. But when your protein's higher, like I set mine at 250 grams, it allows you to drop your carbs and fats more. And those are the two macros that really get in the way of losing fat or not losing fat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're the fuel sources, protein, you can keep it high and you're not really, it's never going to impede fat loss, so to speak. Now, if you ate tons and tons of it and your, your carbs and fats were low, your body would start to turn over, you know, gluconeogenesis and turn it into a fuel source, the protein, but you're not here. So anyway, 250 protein, I kept that high. And then I dropped my carbs down to hundred carbs and I had about 40 to 50 fats. And it was somewhere in the, you know, 1800 ish rep range or a uh, calorie range. And, um, I just got done working out if you can't tell. <laughs> Me too. That was that was the key. And I added 10 minutes of cardio a day because I hadn't been doing any cardio. My heart rate was immediately 120, 130 because I was out of shape. And I just added a little. I didn't go do 30 minutes. I didn't go do an hour. Like I would rather see somebody drop their calories real low and do less exercise. It's less your body has to recover from. Because that's more stress. Right. And that's what I did. And it was like four and a half, five pounds the first week and like four and a half the next week. And I didn't do any high carb days. Listen, I had enough high carb days for five years to last me. Like I can go two, three weeks without a high carb day. So if people are listening, they're like, I'm going to miss it. It's two or three weeks, like mental toughness. Like, let's do this. You know, I told my clients, I'm like, you got this. It's two or three weeks. You can do anything for two or three weeks. Right. And I dropped quick and I, I kept the cardio in and that's really what happened. And, um, just people can do that. And we can break down numbers if we want to think about a female example. You know, maybe if you're a lady listening or you're a coach that has female clients and they're eating 2000 calories is a pretty, like for people that are serious getting after it in the gym, like 2000 calories is for most females off season. That's, that's pretty good with a high carb day in there, a free meal or something, um, you know, somewhere in that range. Can you cut them down to 1200 calories? hundred percent you can set their protein at, you know, 120, 150. Now there's not going to be a lot of carbs and there's not going to be a lot of fats, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. And they will drop fast, but they've got to have body fat to pull from. You can't be lean. You can't be 10 pounds from stage and do this. Like you've got, you can't be, definitely can't be leaner than that. That's the whole, that's the whole key to this. Like if you're trying to get ready for a photo shoot and you're, you know, you want to do a photo shoot two weeks before your show and you're already four weeks out and you want to do this, don't do it. You're going to lose muscle. Muscle loss happens at the tail end of a prep rapidly. There's been studies that show, especially with natural athletes, there won't be any muscle loss until the final, you know, four weeks, for example. And you'll see somebody lose, you know, four pounds of muscle, five pounds of muscle. Like I've seen that tail end of the curve just drops fast. And that's where you have to worry about it. But here in the beginning, when you're, when you're a little fat, it's not gonna be a problem. 
So it sounds like for the most part, um, a lot of this is, like you said, very, very short term. So two to three weeks um, where you do this shock to the body um, with dropping calories. Um, so good points to remember, guys, is high protein, low carbs, low fat. Um, is Do you change it up as far as like rest day macros or like training day, like adjust it or does it just straight across the board the whole time like that? Yeah, sorry about that, Kayla. Cut out. Can you repeat oh. that? Do I change what? Um, I just asked, do you change as far as like training and rest day macros, or do you just keep it straight across the board the whole time? Man, it cut out again. I, okay. I didn't catch it. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay. So third time's a charm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, your macros, do you change it up as far as like training and rest day, or do you keep it straight across the board the whole time? Yeah, because it's such a short term thing, I just kept it the same across the board the whole time because I've noticed less is more when it comes to you just make all your food, meal prep, you know, 1800 calories is low for me on an off day. So it certainly was low on a train day. Um, I did train six days a week. It's such a short period of time. If someone wanted to work out every day, I'm okay with that. Like, we're not going in there trying to set a squat PR or anything like that. We're literally just training hard and doing a little bit of cardio. I just leave the calories the same just for ease of tracking. Mm -hmm. um, especially when your carbs are low, you know, you're going to put them at, at a couple meals or one meal or whatever. And you spread your fats out. I knew it with a hundred carbs. I had two carb meals at 50 carbs each. So I would either... Exactly. Which it should be. Good point. Um, you know, I'm not drinking any of my carbs during my workout during a phase like this, because I, I with that little carbs, you want to at least chew your food a little bit. So that's that's what I did. And I kept it the same on an off day. Meal one and meal two had carbs. Um, but if I want to have carbs a little bit later, I'd move it to a little bit later. It didn't really matter. But yeah, for ease of purpose for two, three weeks, just leave it the same. OK, so would this be good for someone, say, like a bodybuilder, open bodybuilder in the off season, he's gotten a little chubby, he's been pushing food for a while. And we could do this like drop phase, say for like two to three weeks, come back out, do a refeed week, um, or diet break, and then go into it again and just kind of lean out a little bit. Cause obviously you're not getting like shredded, but with this, by any means, you're just dropping a little body fat. So my thoughts would be with an open bodybuilder being a little too chubby or something, or just anyone that happens to, um, it would kind of help with that insulin sensitivity reset. It would kind of help with just getting some body fat off in the off season if they have an extended one. So like, would this work well for that? Yeah, it does. And and there are mini cuts and insulin sensitivity resets. I know when we do kind of the part two, the sister podcast mm -hmm. of this one, when, when Jason's on, we'll talk about those, but this is a little bit more extreme. And the, the cool thing is you will see improvements. Um, here's the thing. I, I told everyone my blood pressure was high, completely off blood pressure meds in two weeks. Blood pressure dropped down to about 120, 130 over 70 to 80. No meds. Now I did add in supplements to help with that, like L-citrulline uh, a couple times a day, beet, beetroot powder, those types of things, and some, some other supplements that are natural with helping get blood pressure down. But dropping the weight was huge. Like that was huge, huge, huge. Um, so 
insulin sensitivity and resetting that that's going to happen because you're getting leaner and you're lowering your carbs. So it's naturally going to happen. It's just not, I know I've got clients listening. They're thinking, well, when you did my insulin sensitivity reset, this isn't what we did because it's, it's a little less harsh of an approach, all lower carbs to pre and post. And I'll probably raise their fats a little, cause I'm not going to hit them with such a big calorie decrease. That's the big, big difference. Um, but naturally, you will get better insulin sensitivity from this. Um, you just like like we've said, you just can't do it long term. It for me, what I'm going to do is something different. By the time this comes out, I'll probably already have posted and have gathered a group of people. But I want to do this for multiple, multiple, multiple phases, and this is how I'm going to diet myself. I am actually. I don't want to do this twenty week fucking one pound a week shit. Like I listen, I know I do that with my clients because that's a healthy, sustainable approach. I don't want to do that. That's boring to me. I want to do something different. I want to see how far I can push this and how lean I can get without seeing the detrimental effects of it. I'll know when to stop. Um, but I feel amazing. You know, I'm only down 14 pounds and I've only been dieting five weeks out of seven have been dieting, you know, almost two was a diet break. So I feel great. And my labs just came back too. So I know we talked about insulin too, but I can also let people know what my labs look like. My testosterone is good, obviously, because I'm on HRT. Um, but my cholesterol, historically, my triglycerides with me dieting perfect, um, at around the same body weight, you know, my triglycerides would be 150 to 170. They're down to 90, which has never happened. And, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of that's a little lower fat approach and a healthy fat approach um, that I've found works for me. And my LDL, which just is nasty always, it's always over 200, no matter what, it's just genetics. That was down to 160. And I was like, wow, this is good. Now my HDL was only 42. We want that over 40. Because that's the mover of uh, LDL and some of the bad stuff. So the higher it is, the better. So yeah. I ended up upping my fish oil because we have a super high quality fish oil. I'm like, all right, I need to get back on that because I neglect fish oil like almost everybody else, like you just do. So I'm taking about four of those a day and they sit right here on my desk. So those things were all good. Improve, improved blood pressure. Um, everything was just great. And I feel 10 times better. Mm-hmm. So for people that don't want to take their time, there is a way to cycle through this and the diet breaks. And there's been research done, just not research on people like us. It's research just on, Hey, let's see who we can grab from the university. Maybe they're trained, maybe they're untrained. Like they just need bodies. And, and, and we get that, like, we can't be picky, at least it's research. So uh, we're going to see, we're going to see with me. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I, I feel good. Yeah. And God forbid I get into a place to where I get pretty damn lean doing it like this. And then I can increase my calories and hold that. Then who knows what 2024 20, might bring. So we'll just, we'll just see. It, yeah. I feel like this would be like possibly another way that people could diet. I definitely foresee maybe like lifestyle clients doing this and just seeing how many cycles you could go through because a lot of times lifestyle clients have a hard time with just like staying super strict for 20 weeks. And they're like, this is like, I'm going so slow. Why is this taking so long? Because obviously everyone wants immediate results, but this, you know, do you think this would be suitable for like a prep possibly, or are you still yet to try it? Um, as far as like another method of prepping people to people that have maybe like 
um, very adaptive metabolisms that need that quick drop and then refeed, drop, refeed kind of thing um, as far as that goes. Yeah. So that's, man, that's tough. I, I've never done this with anyone for a prep. I've barely done it more than just a phase for any of my clients. I'm the only one that's gone into a second phase and dieting phase of this that, that I've helped. People have done it. I know. And the research is out there just on people like us. That's the tough thing. I think one of the places we would have to be careful is especially with females. If if someone has a dieting history or they've just repaired hormones, do I think this is okay for two, three weeks? I 100% do if the body fat's pretty high and especially if they're on HRT because they're going to hold on to their muscle. You're not going to hurt anything because the diet break and the deload and all that stuff is just coming in three weeks. So I, I think that might be a nice mental break for someone because you know how it is, you know, when females are just getting fixed, sometimes just getting a pound a week to drop is just a bitch. Like it just is really, really hard. And to get it to move, you've got to drop a decent amount of calories. So on something like this, they're going to move, like it's going to move. Um, you just can't do it too long. So maybe even a two week hard push, really low calories, not a lot of cardio, but just enough and just elite tracking. It's got to be perfect. Like don't eat bullshit. Don't let your feelings dictate any of this. Like just execute like a robot and be a machine and it will drop. And then boom on the diet break. That's where a lot of people are wondering, well, shit, like how much am I going to gain back? That's why say we take the female that's eating maybe her protein on this is 120 protein, her dieting calories, macros, 120 protein, maybe 80, 80 carbs, 70 carbs, pre and post only, and like 40, 50 fats. And I I don't even know what that comes to, but it's going to be like 800, like 1300 calories or something in that range, just roughly. And they were eating 2000, that's 700 calorie drop. Um, When you do your, your diet break, you're not going to gain fat by adding back 75 to a hundred carbs a day. Like 75 carbs is, is perfect, right? Or add 80 carbs. That is 320 calories. So you're going to bump up from 13, 1400 up to, you know, 1300 up to like 16, 1700. And it's going to give your body a break. And that's enough food to feel better on. And then you could turn around and do one more push if you wanted. I just don't think I would ever use it for a prep client more than more than once or twice just to clean up because you want them to come in with a metabolism that you don't have to do that with. Right. You mm-hmm. want to be able to pull three, 400 calories, tighten the diet to a T, like pull the free meals out. Like when I say only drop three, 400 calories, you're also dropping calories because you're pulling the, the bullshit out, right? The weekend eating and the drinks and shit like that. So well, you want someone to come. There. Yeah. Yeah. Just to like our normal, like we all are in the off season. Oh yeah. When I typically start somebody, I'll drop them, for example, 300 calories. I'll add in 10, 15 minutes cardio and I pull the free meal. And overall that's enough to lose a pound of fat a week. That's at 500 a day average. Right. So that's what I want someone to start a prep. Like this would make me a little bit nervous, you know, because prep, if you mess up, if you do it wrong from the beginning, you're really working against the grain and uphill. And I, oof, for someone's prep, that's too important. I don't think I'd do it. But yeah. If you're like me, if you're like me and you want to get pretty damn lean and be able to do it a different way, 
I, I'm proof right now that it's it's working so far. So we'll see how many phases to do. And I'll update people too, like mm-hmm. when we come around to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be good uh, as like to just follow up quick on one of our next episodes of what that turned out like. Um, but then as far as like when you are done with this, like what's your plan to like reverse out of it? Are you just going to bring your calories up into like a diet break and then just kind of leave them there? Or are you going to diet break or slowly like reverse like a normal, typical reverse diet? So that's a really good question. And I haven't gotten there yet, but I know, I know what I'm going to do. And I know what I would do for a client in this exact situation. Um, So after this second phase, I'm going to diet break for about probably about a week is probably all I need. Um, seven to 10 days. I'll add that hundred carbs. There's 400 calories. I'll drop the cardio. There's whatever I was burning there, hundred calories, whatever. So there's about 500 calories added and that'll get me from 17, 1800 up to about 22, 2300. From there, I'll hold that and I'll watch and I'll see how I feel. Now, is that a lot lower than my 2800 that I was originally eating? Yeah, it is, but I was gaining on that 2800. So to me, it's always going to come back to whoever I'm helping myself or a client and I'm going to do the diet break. No one should just gain fat on a diet break. You just, it's almost, it should be impossible, right? The only way people actually gain on their daily calories, honestly, is if they're eating extra shit and it's, it's adding up too much. So that's what I'm going to do. And then I will slowly, you know, depending on if, if I want to try and get leaner at some point, then I'll build my calories up like a standard reverse. And then I'll take months and then I'll pull and make a deficit. Like if I were going to compete in 2024, which, you know, hell would freeze over, but you never say never, right? right. I would right. work the rest of the year and I would build my metabolism. I would put on as much muscle as possible and try and stay leaner, mm-hmm. which to me is key. I need to be about 205 pounds to start a prep to get to about 175. So I, I would never, I would never just throw myself right back at 2,800 calories. That that's a recipe for one step forward, one step back. You know, you get the weight off, you've still spent more weeks dieting than you have diet breaking and at maintenance. So you still need to give it the respect of adding those calories in slowly. Yep. And it all comes to that elite tracking, meticulous tracking. When you're reversing up, it needs to be as important and closely tracked as it was during your diet. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's really important for people to understand too, is that it's like, when you go into a dieting phase like this, like you have to kind of treat it like prep in that mindset, even though you wouldn't use this for prep necessarily, but you need to treat it with that mindset that you got to go two weeks on point, hundred percent, nothing extra. And then you have a week of like just a little bit of a break, but you still can't eat like an asshole, so to say. Um, but it's definitely going to help. So I think this was really good for the listeners to go over. Do you have anything else that kind of like wraps up this or anything else to add to it? No, not really. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting. If somebody wants to get a hold of me to do this and I walk you through it, you can just hit my email up there. It's in the show notes. Um, because by the time this airs, not only have I done it with myself, I've, I've done it with half a dozen clients successfully before this. It's a, it's a nice, fun way to do it. You have to remember you're not going to be hungry, like unless you're lean and people need to remember this people that hear, well, fuck, Gorman's going to put me on 1800 calories, or maybe it's female. He's going to put me on 1200 calories. I'm used to eating 2000. Leptin is the signal that your body gets. It's the hormone your body makes that tells you, hey, I'm not satisfied. I'm still hungry. 
And it's made primarily in the fat cells. It's made other places, but primarily in the fat cells. So when you're like I was and you're a fatty, you produce more leptin. So you eat food and your body sends a signal to your brain that says, hey, you're satisfied. And you're not getting that signal of saying, hey, I'm hungry. Now, as you get super lean, your your body fat shrinks, you make less leptin. So you get less of that signal to your brain that says, I'm full. It tells your body, hey, I'm hungry. That's why people that have prepped or you've gotten super lean, you can eat. And an hour later, you just want to chew your arm off. Like nothing will make your hunger go away unless you just binge eat, right? And it's because your your body fat's so low, you don't get the signal to your brain that says you're full. And that's the whole key with this. Because you're not super shredded, you're just not going to be hungry. And I'm telling you, you know, there were times I knew it was time to eat, but I never, those of us that are prepped, you know that feeling to where you're so hungry and you have to go to bed and you can't eat again. That takes an immense amount of willpower. I've struggled with that during preps. Like I, there's been a few times I've broken. I think most of us have. You won't experience that during this. You won't. Like if anything, my my stomach immediately shrunk up as in like the distension was gone. Bloat was gone. I felt so much better. Like I wasn't sucking my gut in when I was speaking at my event. Like I was nice, flat stomach, felt good. And I was not hungry at all. And I haven't been this whole time because I've got enough body fat to be able to do this. When you get too lean though, that's that's when hunger sets in. But this plan should never be part of, of that if you're too lean. So hunger should not be an issue. Mental hunger, on the other hand, if you're somebody, this is all mental toughness. If you're somebody that looks at, man, I've only got 100 carbs to eat a day, I'm going to starve. Well, if you didn't know how many carbs you were getting and you just went off how your body physically felt, you wouldn't be hungry. But mentally, you're telling yourself you're going to be hungry. You're kind of fucking yourself. So a lot of this is mental toughness that your approach to things. And that, that's easier said than done. But yeah, absolutely. The mental side, I think, is probably the hardest part because like I have a couple clients, for example, that just started their first prep this year. And I mean, I didn't cut calories a ton, but I cut a good amount. Like, you know, you do a good drop your first time. Um, and they're both still eating quite a lot. And they're like, oh no, you cut my calories. Like, I'm so, I'm going to be so hungry now. And I'm like, you'll get used to it. Keep going. Like it's, if you didn't know, like you said, if you didn't see the number on there, you would never know. So it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of funny to watch, but I'm like, you'll, you'll make it. It's okay. Hunger, hunger is part of dieting, you know, and the longer and the leaner you get, the more intense hunger gets. And my good friend, Cliff Wilson always summed it up best. You're, you're never starving. There are real people starving tonight. There in our presentation that he gave at the fat muscle Academy, he goes, there are people out there that are going to die from starvation tonight. You are not starving. You've got your perfectly prepared meal that you're going to eat in another hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Suck it up. We choose this like hunger is part of it. And when you switch your mindset to that and you embrace it, the other thing I like to tell myself is I, I don't like when something is more powerful than my mind. Like it pisses me off. That's why I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff because I look at people that they've got those, you know, they're slave to some of these things and hunger can be the same way. Food can be the same way. So I like to just tell myself, like, I am so much stronger than my mind. Like, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm going to eat in another hour and a half, two hours. Like this is going to be okay. And the other thing I like to tell my clients is, if you're hungry, fuck, that is a great sign. Like that is a good sign. Like this is not a negative thing. 
Hunger means your body fat's dropping. That's what we want. So embrace it and triple down. And I tell people that all the time. But I also know what it's like to be hungry and be like, fuck this. And I eat everything in my cabinet. Like I've done that during preps too. So like, I think we all have give yourself a little grace, get back on it. So, yeah, I think it's just the viewpoint of seeing like that food is fuel versus like food as pleasure, because when we see it as pleasure, that's where we get into trouble and, you know, choosing to do bodybuilding is a privilege and being able to do that and voluntarily starve quote unquote, starve yourself is something that you should be grateful for. And if you're going to complain about being hungry, you know, it's, you can stop anytime, you know, you know, the, the people that make it through my clients that make it through the best are always the one. And this is me too. I think this is any of us when you, when you really, really want it and you make that, you flip that switch, you just don't care. You're just, you're more, you crave the results more than you crave the food. And for me, that was not me from 2015 until December. I just did not care. I, I ate, I ate six times a day. Like I got my protein in, I trained, you know, like a pussy and I just, you know, trained 30 minutes a day and my, I was just going downhill. If I had wanted it in those years, I would be a completely different person. So it finally, we all have those triggers. We can't turn them on for anybody else. When that switch flipped, I was all in and I've been all in and I don't care. Like I ate chicken and rice for the past three, four weeks. I don't think I ate a chicken and rice meal for the last half a decade because I just had eaten so much of it. I don't care. Now I eat it because it fills me up. It's super easy to track. It's way better than trying to track pop tarts or some bullshit. Right. And I just, I just don't care. Um, but it's a mindset thing. I had to be ready for that. If you're somebody that if you're not hundred percent ready, just don't diet. Just wait till you're ready. Like, trust me, I, I get it. I, I hated dieting. Like I didn't do it for a half decade. So that helps. That really helps. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I love how this turned into a little mindset episode towards the end here, <laughs> but like we know, mindset is also really, really important. So um, next week we have a guest on, I won't reveal who it is, but you guys will find out. Uh, and then we will have a part two coming up here. We have a couple guests lined up in the next couple weeks, but we will have part two to this going over mini cuts with Jason. Um, as I'm going through one right now, um, before we could hit a push phase again, so we can kind of go through that. And, uh, otherwise I think that's about it. Right, John. I'm excited for people to see the guests we have coming on. We've got a couple. One's a pretty well-known name. Everyone knows who he is. One is probably the godfather of what we do. Um, and I'm excited to have him on. Like, I am excited. Never got to collaborate and do something with him. And he was someone I learned a lot from afar, and he didn't even know. So I, I know I'm going to host that episode. I was greedy. I'm like, I, I want to host this one because this is a guy I've wanted to interview for a long time. And then we've got somebody else that learned from him who's a big name, and he's coming on as well. So it's, it's going to be a good couple episodes. I don't know which order we'll release those in. It, it won't matter. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to hear you guys talk about your mini cut because that's going to be a more of a traditional thing that a lot of people listening, you're going to want to pay real close attention to how Jason and Kayla do things. And I'll, I'll chime in too, because I think we're all pretty close, but I'm excited to see where you're at personally, as you get ready to get back on stage at some point and yeah. see how you set things up. So it'll be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited for it. As it gets closer, I'll 
probably be really nervous too, but, um, but yeah, I feel like we've made a lot of progress and I just, I'm excited to see what happens from there. And we still got one more push phase to go. So we're still going to keep going. So it's going to keep doing I, my best and we'll go through it. I, I want to leave people with this. I made this post the other day and it, it's gotten a lot of traction. Um, because we're talking about dieting and we're talking about feelings and we talked about the mental side of this, but here's one thing I want people to understand this post I posted the other day that it says, if you're eating based on how you feel, you're never going to make the progress that you want to make. If you're, if you're eating based on how you feel, right? So if you tell me, John, I'm not hungry. So I didn't get my food in. I'm just simply going to tell you to stop eating by feel and get your calories in. You never, ever, ever diet based on how you feel. And the other thing too, um, people have said, well, you know, I was hungry, so I had a bit more. What am I going to tell my clients? Stop eating by, by feel, don't eat more. And I ended the, the post by saying, if you want to be average, do what average people do. They let feelings rule their day. They're not methodical. They're not precise when it counts. So if you want to actually be successful at this or business or anything else, don't let feelings dictate something that's really more of a methodical process. Physique enhancement is a methodical process. We all have feelings. I'm not telling you to be a robot, but when you let them rule, honestly, rule your training, rule your dieting, rule everything, you're going to be like all the other average fucking people that aren't mentally strong enough. So hopefully that helps someone tighten things up. I know it helped me tighten it up. Um, I needed it pretty bad. We all do. So just kind of something to leave somebody with today. Yeah. I love it. All right. Great way to end. And uh, we will see you guys next time. See you guys.